0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swann and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. You know, when we sang Open the Floodgates of Heaven, I believe that. I believe God's wanting to do that, so we're going to put the Word of God in you today, and I believe the Holy Spirit will move in your heart. So get your Bible, go with me to Matthew 25. Matthew 25, now as you're turning there, we're still on our series here, The Blessing. Uh, I go back to uh, Numbers chapter six, actually verse twenty-seven. It says, "And the Lord will put His name upon you." You know, you you have to welcome that. You know, people can reject that name, but but something happens when I I welcome the name that I I become married to Him. I become in a relation to Him with Him, and so how that takes place, according to Romans ten nine and ten, you. You believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. But once we get our heart to Jesus and you become born again, that's the starting point, okay? That's that's not the ending point of this journey. That's just the starting point. The Lord said in Matthew 10, he said, He who endures till the end will be saved. Now, think about the word endure. That that means there's going to be some days that You may not feel saved, and you may not look saved, but you trust in the Word of God, and you trust in God. And so again, we're going to highlight some of this. So we go to Matthew 25, and and I believe as I start this parable here, that this this will locate you. It it will locate me. It will cause me to ask some questions within my own heart about where you're at right now. Matthew 25, verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins. Now, when you think about the word virgins here, this would mean pure. But when we think about virgins to a born-again Christian, that means I'm pure of heart. That Jesus can come in and make you pure in heart again. So he addresses here and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like 10 virgins who took their lamps. Now, I highlight that their lamps. They were responsible for their lamps and they went out to meet the bridegroom. And so, again, you get real quick here that it's talking about a marriage that's going to take place. They went out to meet the bridegroom. When I read that right there, you know what it tells me about the 10 virgins? That they knew he was coming. And it would be their choice to encounter him on this day. Verse 2. Now, five of them were wise, smart, or prepared. And five of them were foolish, silly, or ill-prepared. Now, let me ask you something. Where would that define you at right now? And when I read this about the 10, 50% were wise, 50% were fools. Was he giving us a percentage here within the Bible? Was he showing us some things pertaining to the word of God? Verse three, those who were foolish, they took their lamps and they took no oil with them. So in the New Testament, when you see the word oil, often it's symbolic of the holy spirit so they took their lamps but they didn't have no oil and so they went and they were ill prepared to do what they were supposed to do they didn't stay ready verse 4 but the wise took the oil in the vessels or in their vessels with their lamps And you see here, 50% of them weren't prepared, but 50% of them were. The ones who took their lamps, they prepared for that. They understood the value of that. Verse 5, but while the bridegroom was delayed, he didn't show up when they thought. They all slumbered and slept. How many? All of them. All 10 slumbered and slept. So the Bible's very clear that toward the end of this time, before the Lord comes back, the church would come into a place of of slumbering, of slothful, of, of becoming lazy. Better stated, there would be a great falling away from the church. And they slept and they slumbered. Now, does this define you? Does it find my walk with Jesus right now? Am I in a, in a state of slumbering? And again, to me, he, he's identifying some things in our life that I, I quit praying, except when I'm in a crisis. I, I quit getting in my Bible. I, I quit going to church. I quit praising him. I quit worshiping. So when I say these things right there, have I become a Christian only in name? Is there any any oil in my lamp? Verse 6. And at midnight, when they least had expected, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Now to go out and meet him, that becomes a choice of mine. Go out and meet him. Verse 7. Then all, all ten of those virgins arose. They trimmed their lamps. They were prepared. They they put their lamps in order. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. You're not going to get to heaven borrowing things from other people. You only get to heaven based off of you. And what I see right here is when their lamps were going out, they didn't stay full of oil. They they weren't full. And so I think about this in the natural here with oil. You ever run your engine down low on oil? There's going to be some incredible damage. And so today, let me ask you, you need an oil change? You need to get filled back up because this is what's happening. So in this situation, they looked at the others. They said, Let us borrow some of yours. You're not gonna get to heaven that way. Verse number nine. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be enough for us and you go, but rather go to those who sell and, and buy for yourselves. You're going to have to pay the cost for yourself. You're going to have to weigh in on the cost to yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready, those who were prepared or filled up, they went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. And many translations here liken this, that when the door was shut, to exactly what happened in Noah's days when the door of the ark was shut. Good news today. The door's not shut yet. I, I still have opportunities. But he's giving us a, a, a thought here, a vision here, a day is going to come when this happens. And when the door shuts, it's final. That's it. And so the door shuts, and in verse 11 it says, And afterward, the other virgins, the five foolish, came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And and it's interesting that these five foolish addressed him as Lord. Lord, Lord, open to us. They they knew him by name. And when I think about this, here's here's the thought off of that. Do you know about Jesus? Or do you really know him? And in Matthew 7, if you were to go, verses 21 through 23, he he says in in the last days, there will be ones who say, Lord, Lord, but not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who actually does the Father's will. Now, I'm not saved by works, and you're not saved by works. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe with the heart and speak with the mouth, you'll be saved. But if I really am born again, there should be some proof in my life that there's some changing. Now, I believe every one of you will agree with this. I'm not where the Lord desires me to be completely, but I'm a lot farther along than I used to be. I can say that. And when I blow it now, man, I'm telling you right now, I'm quick to repent. You know, there in in Proverbs 24, it says a righteous man will fall, but you've got to get back up. Some of you got to get back up. But he says here, they will say to me, Lord, Lord, open to us. And Jesus responds in verse 12, and he says, I don't know you. I don't don't know you. But they addressed him as Lord. But Jesus said, I don't know you. In other words... All you wanted to be identified was, was by name. You didn't want to be committed. You didn't want to do everyday life with me. You, you wanted my name, but you wanted to live how you wanted to live. And all you wanted was the security of thinking, I'm going to heaven. But it's interesting, he says, I never knew you. Verse 13. Watch, therefore... Give strict attention and be cautious, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So you know what he's telling me and you right there? Live prepared. Live ready day by day by day by day. Now, I've never been pregnant. And you guys say, thank God. You've got some real problems if you were. But I remember when Shelley was pregnant and we knew the day was vastly approaching You know what we did? We'd we'd packed a bag and everything. So, man, when it happened, she'd grab that bag and we were ready to go. We're ready. I believe to a degree, this is what the Lord said. Stay ready, live ready, stay full of the Holy Spirit. Let her reign. Let her reign. Stir up a passion within me. So when I look at this again in this in this passage, he's saying, You gotta be married you got to have a relationship with me. I want to take you a little further today. Go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And so we looked here a little bit at what the Lord Jesus said. And we go to Ephesians 4. And I want you to see something here that you'll see some things that the Apostle Paul, he tells us about as as believers. So we begin Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20 but you have not so learned Christ. You haven't learned Christ. You you know a few things about him, but you really don't know him. Verse 21, indeed, if you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, the passion says, it will be seen in your life. What you've heard from him and what you've been taught from him, it'll be, it'll be an a exercise that people will see openly. They'll begin to see. There's a change. Now, I can tell you this, and I believe this for every one of us in here. The more I sit under the Word of God and the more I learn Christ, there'll always be a change within me. If you keep hanging around Jesus and keep allowing the Holy Spirit to work, there'll be a change in you. I don't care how bad you think you are. You keep hanging around Jesus and there'll be a change because Jesus is the truth. Verse 22. That you, now I highlighted that. That you put off concerning your former conduct. That you put off that old lifestyle or that old man, or everything that was connected to your old life. Now, he said, you put it off. What would happen if we begin to ask God to grace us in this word? Grace me, Father God, to put off that former conduct of mine. Now, keep watching what he tells us here. He describes some things. The old man which grows corrupt. The old man which grows corrupt. Now think about the word grow. It may start here, but as long as I, I keep, keep playing around with that old man and I keep allowing that lifestyle to hang around, it's going to continually to grow. But he said, put it off. And he goes on to say, according to the deceitful lusts, the lust of my eyes and the lust of my flesh. Put it off. Get, get, get rid of it. Now, when I used to study these lines years back, there was a thing that the Lord really began to work in me to help me with this. Put off. Anything that I do in my life, whether what I'm doing or where I'm at, if you will highlight it with this right here, this will help you, okay? Okay. Would Jesus be okay with what I'm doing? Just ask yourself that question. Would Jesus be okay where I'm at? Location. What am I doing? So in other words, the next time you're at a place you shouldn't be, or the next time you're doing something that looks back on that old man, just ask yourself this question. Would Jesus be okay with it? And I used to ask myself even the areas of what I was watching on TV or the movie screen when I'd say, would Jesus be okay with this? And if you're watching some movie where there's a guy that's cutting people up with a chainsaw, I don't believe Jesus would like that. And I don't believe Jesus would like the one where there's a bunch of nudity and you elbow Jesus and say, hey, it's just a movie. It's okay. Or how about this? You know there's a lot of of language where they use the Lord's name in vain. And you elbow Jesus and say, it's all right. They're just going to use your Father's name in vain, but it's okay. So I begin to do that in my life. Would Jesus be okay with me doing this? And if not, you say, Lord, grace me to put that off. Grace me, I don't want to do this. But what's the matter with a little sin, just as long as it's ever now and then? What's the matter with just a little compromise? Well, the problem with that is is Second Sol- uh, Sol- Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse 15, Solomon said this, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard. It's the little things that we think, well, I can get away with it, and because I have that thought, guess what? It begins to grow, and it begins to grow, and it begins to grow. And the wages of sin is death. And so he tells us here, put off, put off. And look what he says next, and, re, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The amplified says constantly. if you study this in the Bible, that takes you to Romans 12:2 which says, don't be conformed or molded to this world, but be transformed, by the renewing of your mind to the word of God. So something happens when I, I, I get born again, I must have a desire for the word of God. And you know what? When I get in the word of God, you know what I'm actually doing? I'm learning Christ. I'm learning what Jesus loves and I'm learning what Jesus doesn't love. And that's what happens in a marriage. If you haven't been married very long, I'm going to give you some wisdom. You find out what makes your wife tick and you stay away from what ticks her off and you'll do well. Pretty simple, Pastor. You ought to write a book. Tick and tick off. <laughs> but I think about that with the Lord Jesus. There's things that He desires for us, not to hurt us, but to help us. Get your mind where it's renewed to the Word of God and live by it. And then look what He says in verse 24, and that you put on that new man. That that new man. That, that 2 Corinthians 5 where it says that if any man is born again, he becomes a new creation in Christ. Behold, old things have passed away. All things have become new. So he said, that's what you got to put on. Put off that old man. Put on the new man which was created according to God. Grace me, Father God. Grace me. In true Righteousness in a right standing with God, a, a pattern that God desires through Jesus and holiness. And when we talk about holiness, we're, we're talking about purity, that God's desire is that we become pure in every part of my life. Where I say, Father God, wash me, consecrate me. And it's interesting right here that, that the Apostle Paul said this, put off and put on. So when I allow the Holy Spirit begin to work in my conduct, and Jesus re- reproduces his own character within me. And so what you see is there's a contrast. You know what the contrast is? That old man and the new man. And can I tell you what happens? There's a tug of war. The old man saying, do this, but that new man saying do this. And you know who wins? The one you renew your mind with to the much or the most, or the one you hang out with the most. And Lord, move in me. Move in me. And so again, what you begin to see here is that that marriage covenant. Now, let me ask you, are you married to Jesus? Do you know about him or do you really know him? And the only way I know him is I spend time with him. I seek him. Now, if you really know him, turn with me to Luke 10. Luke 10, let me rephrase that. If you really know him, Or you have a desire to really know him I want you to go to Luke chapter 10 and this is where I want you to get and I'm I'm telling you in in this series the Holy Spirit has been so precise certain certain days certain weeks that I've gone through this man I've looked and I thought oh my gosh God God is so aware of us so this, this is going to minister to you today, okay? I'm I'm gonna put some kingdom hope within you, all right? Luke ten verse one. After these things the Lord appointed. The Lord appointed. He assigned or he anointed seventy others besides the original twelve. And the same anointing he gave them was very similar to what he gave the original disciples in Matthew 10. Very similar, okay? And, and when I see these 70 right here that he's talked about, these these 70 that they weren't better than other people because of their status or what they had or what they didn't have. They just came unto the anointing of what Jesus tells them to. So he says here, he sent them two by two before his face into every city and every place where he was about to go, okay? Now, when you see this right here, I believe with every one of us, Jesus puts us on assignment. One of the reasons I believe he sent him out two by two is the prayer of agreement in Matthew 18. If two on you of earth will agree on touching anything, whatever they ask, God will do it. Just two of you. Just two. So he sends them out. Now, we pick up in Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Now, you got to get there with me, okay? Verse 17 and hang there with me as we go through this. He said, Then the 70 returned with joy. They were ecstatic, they were enthused. And they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us. In your name. Now, this is interesting what he's telling them right here. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. They're submitted to us. When we command them, they're they're, they're subject to us in the name of Jesus. So, guess what? When you're married to the name of Jesus, you, you have authority. And when I read this, they're subject to us. The only way they're subject to your name is through authority when you confront them in the name of Jesus. I want you to think about what he said. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. He didn't say people are subject to us in your name. He said the demons are subject to us in your name. Another thing I want to point out here again is this. When you begin to read this passage, you'll you'll see something here. That you've got to get this today. Many times in our lives, our Christians, we have this thought that the Lord Jesus and the devil are on the same line of authority or the same level. That's not true. That's, that's not even close to true. The devil bows to Jesus. Jesus doesn't bow to the devil. Ever. Get that, okay? So Jesus is is listening to what they said. Even even the demons are, are subject to us in your name. And Jesus responded and said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He saw in their ministry the present and the ultimate defeat of Satan. And so guess what Jesus, he's given a vision. He said, I saw Satan when he was cast to the earth from heaven. And he's telling them, you got authority. You don't have to put up with this. Verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority. Behold, I give you the authority. I impart to you the authority. It's almost like the Lord Jesus is saying, here's the keys. I give you the authority. And what did he give us the authority for? To trample on serpents and scorpions. Those are devils, demons. And over all the power of the enemy. Over all the power of the enemy. Every power. Now if you want to study the power he's talking about, it's Ephesians 6, 12. Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. But it's interesting. The Lord Jesus said, when you're married to me, I, I give you authority. So we have authority, and that's in the name of Jesus. But the, the uh, pay close attention to the thought, who is to trample upon serpents and scorpions? You. So you know what he just told me? Don't put up with the devil. Don't put up with it. So that word authority there is the word we get delegated authority. So all the authority that Jesus had when he was on the earth, he says, here, it's yours. It's now invested in my name. It's very similar to this. That a police officer in the natural is is no no threat to an 18-wheeler that's coming at him going 50 miles an hour. Except with the delegated authority that he's been given. And so when the the police officer sees an 18-wheeler coming at him, And he does this, they stop, if they're smart. And when he does this, they go this way or this way. It's delegated authority. And so it's like Jesus has given us that. And you know what he says? When you use my name against the spirits of darkness, and you do this right here, he stops. And when you do this right here, he got to go in the name of Jesus, when I'm marked by his name. So I'm telling some of you this right now because you're putting up with things that you don't have to put up with. And again, let me highlight, that is not aimed at people. That is aimed at the spirits of darkness that manifest through people. Now, I begin to walk this out because there were times in my life it was like the Holy Spirit would say to me, you're putting up with more than you should. Whether that's in your house, around your house, or at your job. Now some of you may work at places where you know that when, when Brother Longtongue comes in or Sister Bucket Mouth comes in, you know all hell's going to break loose. Some of you work around people that when that person comes walking in, immediately the atmosphere of the room changes immediately there becomes strife or chaos. Does anybody bear witness with that? I don't aim that at the person. I aim that at the spirit, okay? That doesn't mean you got to scream and yell. That doesn't mean you got to foam at the mouth. You can say that as simply as this. In the name of Jesus, I bind you up. You understand? In the name of Jesus. So, there were times in my life I'd begin to walk this out. I I used to ref a lot of high school basketball. And so, one night I go into the gym, and when I go into the gym, I'm watching this JV game, and I look down there, and there's this guy at the gym. And this guy was the knuckle of all knuckleheads. He was a thorn in every ref's flesh. Everybody I refed with, they knew this man because when he was at the gym, he would cause a whole area to become chaotic. And so I'm watching him in this JV game and he starts just kick, 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 And this is what my flesh would want to do when I was refing. and if he was sitting on the front row, I would want to run by him and just go boom and just keep running. I just wanted to sock him right in the ear. That's how frustrated I'd get with him. And the Lord said, do you, do you not realize what's happening? And so I was like, so I, I got authority over those spirits that are behind him doing that? And the Lord said, exactly. And so I would just say this in the name of Jesus. That spirit, you, you spirits of chaos, of division, of strife that operate for me. You're not doing nothing while I'm here in the name of Jesus. And so I got where I would even have that whistle in my mouth. And I'd say, in the name of Jesus. Nobody in the gym even knew I was doing it. I saw the power of God moving in that. I would watch him m- move and everything would just kind of settle. And the Lord would begin to say that to me. You put up with way too much. I highlight. Not aimed at people, okay? Some of you say, man, that kind of sounds like my wife. Not aimed at people. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents scorpions over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall hurt you. Now, I can tell you this right now. There's times that I can come on these premises on a Sunday morning. And sometimes I, I, will, I will sense demonic activity that's trying to come against the house of God. And this is exactly what I'll say and do. I will say, in the name of Jesus... According to Hebrews 1.14, that God has sent his ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Well, I'm going again, that's me. So you know what I'll tell the, the, the angels? I'll say, I send you to the, to, the, to the south corner, to the north corner, to the northwest corner, to the south. Anything that's on these premises, Father God, that's not of you. Angels, anything that's trying to come against us today, get it off here in the name of Jesus. Go, you gotta go. Now, up to this point in my life, I haven't seen into the spirit realm, but I sense and I can tell it Something You got to go. You got to go. Let me tell you something. Sometimes they go immediately. Sometimes they think your house is their house. Don't put up with it. Verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to us. Now, he highlights that again. I don't believe he's downplaying this. He said, again, the spirits are subject to you, but rather, listen to this, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The greatest thing we can celebrate is your name is registered in heaven. But I can't downplay what he told me to do. So if my name is registered in heaven, that means I'm I'm married to Jesus. And if I'm married to Jesus, I have authority through Jesus' name against these demonic entities again. But you know what I have people say to me? I've never experienced this as a believer. Well, the prophet Hosea had a thought on that. He said in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed of lack of knowledge. So number one, they've never learned Christ. They've never learned the authority they have in Christ. Or they've rejected the word of God and said stuff, I don't believe in that anymore. Or they've completely forgotten what their authority is. Now that may be you. He's given us authority. He's given me and you authority. But so many times we've gotten to a place where I just want your name, Lord Jesus. I don't want to live with any commitments to you, but I sure want your name and I sure want your blessings and I sure want your benefit. So what that would mean is if I wanted Jesus's name, but I really didn't want to be married to him, I'm an atheist Christian. I believe in Jesus somewhat, but I live as if he doesn't even exist. So if I'm that like he's talking about here, I'm talking about, you're not authentic. You're an imposter. Better stated, you're a knockoff Christian. You're not the real deal. A couple years ago, I was back in, we we were down in Juarez. And we were getting ready to cross the border, and I was sitting out on this bench, and this guy comes walking down the street, and he's got, he's got this rack of sunglasses. Probably 50 pairs of sunglasses. And he said to me, he said, you want a pair of sunglasses? I said, bring them here let me see them. And he said, I'll sell you any one of these on here for $50. I said, let me see them. And I pointed to a pair that had the Oakley symbol on them. And he handed them to me and I was looking at him. He said, 50 bucks. And I said, I wouldn't give you more than $5 for those. And he looked at me funny and goes, you can't buy these in America for 50 bucks. And I said, no more than five bucks was all I'll give you. And I said, because those aren't Oakley. Those are Chokely. And I looked at him and I said, Those are knockoffs. Those aren't the real deal. Those aren't Ray Ban, they're J-Ban. And he said, give me 34. And I said, nothing more than five. What happened, Pastor? Well, I bought them for $5. So I come back here to the church, and one day we're around a lot of men in our church, and one of our men says to me, Said, Dang, Pastor, I like your Oakley. And I said, You want to buy them? And then I realized real quick, I better not do this. <laughs> so I grinned and said, they're not Oakley, they're Chokely. And he said, golly. So I showed him what I was looking at. And unless you really, really look, it was just a knockoff. A couple months later. We're at a water park with my grandkids, and it's one of them big slides where you go around and, around and then you come out and you're way up high and you hit into a pool that's probably at least 15 foot deep. I've got my Oakleys on, my knockoffs. I hit that water, and I'll never forget the minute I hit that water, both those Oakley lens, those Chokely exploded. And I came up and I had my lens on, but no, I had my glasses on, but no lens. What'd you do? Host a lasagna choke, I left them. See, again, many times in our life as Christians, I may know a little bit about Jesus, but I don't know him. I, I haven't learned him. I, I haven't learned Christ. And, and I believe with all my heart, even with what I'm talking about today, that, that the Lord Jesus is saying, I want to be married. to. I, I, want, I want some all-in believers. I want ones that, that, that know me in a personal way. And so I go back to Matthew 25. When that door closes, the consequences of rejection is final. And I got some good news for you right now. The door isn't closed yet. Not yet. And the only one that decides where I'll spend eternity at is me and you. And so let me ask you something. If you had to describe your life, are you more like the foolish or are you more like the wise? And the reason I highlight that is it's not too late, but I believe there's something that the Holy Spirit's saying... And stay full of the Spirit of God. Stay full of me. Open the floodgates of heaven. Rain on me, Lord. Rain on us, Holy Spirit. Keep keep me full. Keep me with the passion. You know, I think about my walk with the Lord. It's it's been over 40 years right now. And people will say, how have you stayed with it all this and I'm married to him. It's, it's real to me. When I read the Bible, and it's, it's just all bears witness, witness with my spirit. And there stays a passion within me. But the passion comes from day by day feeding on the word. And day by day getting at the feet of Jesus and just celebrating. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchloving.com.